Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24:15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Thank you for tuning in. We're continuing in our series, The Eight Basic Events of the End Times. I'm really enjoying this, and I believe you are too. We've been discussing the marriage supper of the Lamb. And as we ended yesterday, we said, Do you have mirth? Do you have joy and gladness? Are you dressed in the garments of praise and salvation? What do you have to say about your wedding day? Are you accepting his proposal for the marriage supper of the Lamb? Well, Revelation twenty-two seventeen says, And the spirit and bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. So what does it mean for a man or a woman to become the bride of Christ? It's simply to say yes. It's to receive your wedding clothes of salvation and righteousness. It's to get the band and begin singing and rejoicing with mirth. Mirth meaning outbursts of joy, like shouting, glory. <laughs> it's to wonder at the day coming when we see our Lord and Savior at the marriage supper. It's to be faithful to the covenant in our time of serving him until that wonderful day through loyalty. It's to understand that life on earth is our dress rehearsal for the actual marriage service which will take place in heaven. Are you ready? Well, there's a parable called the parable of the ten virgins. And I'm reading Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, it says, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. No, this is not polygamy, many wives with one husband, Rather, it's the bridegroom, Christ, and his bride, all of us. And Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, 
boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And it says, and from such people, turn away. Well, that's the epitome of disloyalty and unfaithfulness. There are false teachers who proclaim that Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene. Others say Jesus and John were lovers, and some declare that Jesus committed sin. Well, these are teachings that cleverly attempt to justify sin on behalf of those teaching it. They use these false doctrines to justify sexual immorality. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. No, Jesus never married. He never married Mary Magdalene, and he was not intimately in love with another man. Who do you think comes up with these ideas? Well, I know, Satan himself. Why? Because if Jesus ever committed a sin, he could not have been the sacrificial lamb without spot or blemish who takes away the sin of the world. Listen to John 1, 29. It says, The next day saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And 1 Peter 1, 19 but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. What was Jesus' first miracle? The water into wine at the wedding. And what did he say at his last meal with his disciples? Matthew 26, 26 through 29, it says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day that when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. You see, it's all about a wedding. Jesus never married because he's waiting for us. He will not drink of the fruit of the vine, the representation of the covenant, until our wedding day at the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven. The only way for any marriage to succeed is for both the bride and the bridegroom to be in covenant. It's our covenant or loyalty with him that will bring success to our earthly marriage, our family, our church, and business. To be in covenant with him is to live for him. One of the highest forms of worship is service to him. He's waiting for us. He can't wait for the wedding. He is getting himself ready. Are we getting ready too? Revelation 19, 6 through 10. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And verse 10, And I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who gave the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. 
Well, what's our testimony? Where is our worship and praise? Where is our fine linen, our righteous acts, bright and clean? If I remember correctly, I was preparing for my earthly marriage months in advance. Get the ring, rent the tux, who should I invite? How much will it cost? Wow, I could not wait. The New King James pericope for Revelation 22, 10 through 17 is, the time is near. The English Standard Version titles it, Jesus is coming. And the New American Standard says, the final message. Let's read Revelation 22, 10 through 17. And he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And verse 17, And the spirit and bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Concerning Revelation twenty-two seventeen, the Spirit-Filled Life Study Bible says, The fifth, sixth, and seventh witnesses are the Spirit, the Bride, and Him who hears. The climactic focus of the Revelation is an evangelistic appeal. Come, addressed to those who still remain outside. The Spirit without the Bride does not issue the invitation, and the Bride without the Spirit cannot. The Bible Knowledge Commentary says this, this is the wonderful invitation extended to every generation up to the coming of Christ. Those who recognize their need and realize that Christ is the provider of salvation are exhorted to come while there is yet time before the judgment falls and it is too late. As the scriptures make clear, the gift of eternal life, here called the water of life, is free. It's been paid for by the death of Christ on the cross and is extended to all who are willing to receive it in simple faith. Revelation twenty-two seventeen in the Amplified, let me read that. The Holy Spirit and the bride, the church, the true Christians, say, Come, and let him who is listening say, Come, and let everyone come who is thirsty, who is painfully conscious of his need of those things by which the soul is refreshed, supported, and strengthened. And whoever earnestly desires to do it let him come, take, appropriate, and drink the water of life without cost. A commentary on the Greek text says this, The bride may represent the true people of God, who say through the power of the Holy Spirit, come. If so, this is another instance in the book where the Spirit speaks through the entire community of the true saints and not just through prophets. Not all in the visible church can say come but only those who have ears to hear the Spirit's exhortation. 
The Spirit's admonitions do not penetrate the spiritual ears of false church members, but such admonitions do serve to shock genuine members out of the stupor from which the entire visible church suffers. Whereas the true corporate church says, come, in the first line of verse 17, now the focus shifts to individual saints to do likewise. And the Holman New Testament commentary says, the spirit and the bride are those who together make evangelism possible. The bride is the church, corporately and individually, witnessing about her bridegroom through lifestyle and lips. The spirit is certainly the Holy Spirit, who is responsible to convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Without the bride's witness, the spirit is voiceless. Without the spirit's witness, the bride is powerless. Thus, together, these two join in urging the world to come to salvation in Christ. Only the one who hears the gospel and has responded in faith can summon others to share in that salvation. Thus, the second come stands to remind all who have heard the good news that they are responsible to invite others to Christ. The only person who can respond to the gospel is one who is thirsty, aware of a need for eternal life. The marriage supper of the Lamb, isn't it wonderful? We're out of time, so I'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.